0: You are listening to the Doctors Living Deliberately podcast with Dr. Arpita Gupta de Palma and Dr. Michael Hirsch,
1: where we share the wisdom and stories of physicians who have transformed their lives by shifting from just going through the motions of day-to-day life to living with more intention, presence, and joy.
0: You will hear from physicians and those who love them about their journey and the incredible lessons they've learned along the way. Together, we can inspire each other to become Doctors Living Deliberately.
1: I'm Dr. Arpita gupta dipama I'm a pediatrician, practice owner, and CEO, a wife, a mom, and also a certified mindset coach for women physicians and professionals.
0: And I'm Dr. Michael Hirsch. I'm a gastroenterologist, a husband, a dad, and a certified coach for male physicians. We are so happy to have you here with us today. Well, welcome back to Doctors Living Deliberately. Hey, Arpita, how's everything this morning?
1: Well, it's good. How about you, Michael?
0: doing great and super excited for our guest today. Why don't you tell everybody who's here with us today?
1: So today we are lucky to have Dr. Diana Londonio with us. She is a board-certified urologist. She's also the founder of Physician Coach Support, where doctors can get confidential peer support seven days a week. Welcome, Dr. Londonio.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting to see two amazing people, humans, coaches doing this together. I think this is just an amazing platform and just lovely to see you guys doing this. It's so exciting.
0: Absolutely. We're so excited to have you here with us. Well, we actually know you very well, but we would love if you could tell people a little bit about yourself and your journey. Give us a little bit about your background.
2: Yeah, I'm a urologist in Los Angeles. And, you know, as many of us in medicine, you know, have gone through burnout and it looked very different each time. And even, you know, as I went through it and looking back, trying to identify the whys, and for me, the whys were different each time. And I think just learning about it, reading about it, understanding like the human brain and how everything works, you know, to me, it just really has sort of been a little more clear, like either it'll start with chronic you know, stress, if you call it stress, fear or worry that is just, you know, incessant and it won't stop. And you don't find a place, a time to sort of stop that cycle of that sympathetic and really move it to more parasympathetic. And then it really starts leading you to those feelings of burnout, those symptoms of burnout, which can manifest very differently for many people. Um, and I think sometimes it's challenging to know you're in it. And I think it's important sometimes to talk about how it manifests in different people so that you can be like, whoa, I kind of am feeling that, or I didn't realize that's what it is. And really normalize, have conversations about it so you can identify it and then do something about it. Because if you don't know you have something, then you're not going to do anything about it. So awareness is always the first step. But as I went through burnout twice, you know, one of the ways the second time I got sort of out of it was learning about coaching, coaching principles, which again are about awareness to start and then realizing how your mind is so powerful and those thoughts, you know, which are stress, worry, fear really lead to, you know, disease and obviously anxiety, depression, but like in the body, it will also manifest physically.
1: When you were, and that's amazing, having the awareness to be able to, at the first you know, onset of burnout, picking up on that, but then also the second time around, can you speak a little bit about what made you kind of recognize with the first episode and then how it changed maybe a little bit with the second episode and kind of what transpired there?
2: Yeah, the first episode, I just felt really foggy in my brain, like I couldn't think. And that's from chronic stress or worry where you're literally cannot process information like that prefrontal cortex. It showed up with stress. And so you can't make decisions. And that's why in burnout, people make errors because you cannot you know, process like that logistical part of your brain. And that's how it just really manifested where I couldn't decide what to do with something simple and a decision I had to make. And it really scared me because I'm like, I can't decide what to do for something simple that we do all day. And so that's why I went to the doctor, and you know they really you know say here is Zoloft, and I did start in therapy, and Zoloft for a short time until it just felt much better, and it was really needed at the time because I just had again that chronic worry stress that really shifts your neurotransmitters. And Mm -hmm. how you feel. And so it was important for me to do that at a time. And the second time, I didn't feel foggy or, you know, like I couldn't decide, but I just was really, one, very negative about Mm -hmm. my whole outlook. Everything just looked terrible. And also, I was feeling like the physical manifestations of stress in my body. And so I was not sleeping well, grinding my teeth. I like developed, you know, asthma and I had a GERD and I had chest pain that was debilitating and joint pain. So like the whole body was really showing signs of chronic stress. that was just not stopping chronic fear, chronic stress. So sometimes it can manifest that way. Sometimes some people manifest in anger, just very reactive. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that, but <laughs> you know, you're just always edgy, <laughs> reactive. And that's because you're in like fight or flight, literally, like you're fighting, you know, because you're in stress mode and you don't stop it. I think you're making
0: excellent points here. And I just want to point out what you're saying is that people have this idea of burnout, that it looks one way, that they think that burnout appears, oh, I I don't have burnout because I'm not frustrated at work. But the truth is that burnout can show up in so many different ways and it doesn't have to show up the same way even in the same person. And so just having that awareness and knowing that you can be affected by the daily stress of, of doctor life And that that stress can be affecting you in various ways at different points in your life and at different times. And so I I think that's a critical point. I just wanted to kind of make sure we focused on that a little bit because I think, you know, you are living proof that that is the reality of it and that there are different ways out of this. But tell us how coaching was so critical in helping you get through burnout.
2: I just, before, I don't think I had this concept of like awareness. You really don't, you're living a, non-conscious life you just go on about but you don't realize the power of what you're focusing your thoughts on and that really kind of helped me think like what am I putting my attention to my intentions you know what am I focusing all the time and how is things that I'm thinking about changing how I feel you know in the coaching one-on-one you know what you are thinking leads to how you feel and then that's how you then act and get that result But I also think there's also a different part of coaching too that, or another aspect that is not in coaching per se, that is like, sometimes there's just a feeling. Sometimes you just feel it in your body and it's not precisely with a thought that may be conscious. And that is more of like the intuition and it's a different realm, but I think it all goes together. You have to start somewhere with awareness and thinking about the conscious part and then maybe dive in deeper later or at some point to the unconscious or the intuition or the body, because that also gives you a lot of information. But coaching was just a way to learn about the first sort of step to really understand just the power of our thoughts and, and really dive deeper a little bit more after that.
1: Yeah. I think part of the irony is that you would think as physicians, we would clue into it, right? You can realize that this is burnout. But what happens is I think with physicians, as we go back to our traditional methods, or at least Maybe our generation of physicians do. When my husband was in burnout, I remember he went through literally different medical readings and trying to figure out and diagnose himself with what was going on. Like he did not think that this was burnout because he didn't know what burnout was. So part of it is just having the awareness that this exists and it's so vague with how it can present. And so that's I think unique that even physicians are just not able to recognize that a lot of time of what is wrong. I just don't feel right. Something is not right, but I don't know exactly what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I think that is really really important. And then like you were saying, the embodiment a lot we're taught as physicians that don't feel your feelings. Push away the feelings of hunger, of, you know, exhaustion, whatever it is because right now you have to focus on working. And so we have essentially unlearned how to feel. And so when those feelings come up that are negative, we just don't even know what's causing it and why it's there. So awareness, 100%, like you said, is key, I think, in terms of recognizing what's coming up for us and then why. Why is it coming up? So.
2: Yeah, I think the body is so intelligent and it's telling us like something's not right. We just don't feel right. And then we have to sort of pause and realize our head and our mind is not disconnected from our body. It's really, okay, if the body is how it's manifesting first, then yeah, then you can start thinking about the why, but you can't just ignore it and be like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Just push through it and be robots. And we don't have feelings because we do have feelings and especially many empathic people, how you perceive the world is by feeling first. And then you think you feel something and then you think about it. And I think sometimes that subset of physicians are a little bit more affected because we really perceive the world by feeling and that tends to be shut off in medicine. And that's kind of shutting off a big part of who you are. And that really does affect a lot of physicians that way when that sort of, you know, this told like you should not be you know, feeling that you should not be expressing that. And empaths tend to view the world, experience it by feeling and expression. And and so that is challenging for that subset of physicians. And of course, there's another subset that's more logical, but then have to think, realize, you know, we can't shut off the logic from the body and the brain and the rest of us.
0: right. Well, Tell us a little bit about, so you found coaching and I could only assume you experienced some incredible benefit from that. And then you went on and decided to become a coach and start physician coach support. Tell us a little bit about that journey.
2: Yeah, I decided instead of just getting coached, I realized I think I need coaching. And then I thought, okay, should I just do a program with somebody or maybe should I just become a coach? Because I thought, well, you know, it's a little more money, of course, but there's just a skill that I can use. And, you know, education is, you know, kind of prices in a way, like you always have that education. So if you have a skill of learning how to write or you have a skill of being a coach, you can always use that skill. So I thought, okay, let me learn in case I can use it for others. It's definitely more for me that I want to do it but if I can learn these skills, I think that would be valuable. So that's why I became a coach. And then as we were going through the training as coaches, you know, it's just like practicing how to put Foley catheters or IVs or whatever. You're practicing how to use the skill of helping others and we needed to find people to coach. And I thought, well, if we need to find people to coach to learn this, and people are really in a really bad place. And we can maybe help them, you know, how can I use what I'm learning to help others and pay it forward? So that's why I found a physician coach support, which you know both of you have been part of. And I'm really so grateful. So if so many physicians that really are willing to help their colleagues, you know, they're willing to volunteer and You know, when you're feeling like life is bad and you just think about people are willing to do that when they're very busy, they have their own business or practice and they're doing that for others, you know, that really has to give you some hope and, you know, just some, some good feeling in your heart that there is good in this world. But yeah, I founded it because I thought, you know, people need hope, people need support, and why not use what I've learned, you know, to help others? I didn't want to perhaps do coaching one-on-one as a program myself for me, but I wanted to really use it as a platform for others to come and, and help more people.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that's a testament too, like that physicians are willing to put some time into this to help support other physicians and just kind of get the word out there, you know, make people more familiar with what exactly coaching is and giving them that experience of being able to do that. And I think that that's really important with what you're offering there.
2: Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, we're facetious. We understand it's not like a social worker or somebody else. And even for institutions that have coaching within their own program, sometimes many people feel safe to just come you know, to an outside, let's say, place to do this, to just talk about things. And, you know, it's just like that support and that moment that can sometimes just, you know, quickly shift your mindset and get you at a bad place. And then maybe you start realizing, no, I really want to do this long term. And then there's all the profiles. People can look up those coaches or other coaches to really, you know, do more of a long-term transformation because it's just like the gym. If you go once, well, it's nice, but you really want to continue that as a lifestyle and, and do it more to really get the benefit. But it's just like if you don't know where to turn, if you want it to be somewhere where it's confidential, not in your institution, you know, you come here and you can get that support. And, you know, it's confidential and it's a peer. And you know, there's no judgment about, you know, anything you want to talk about, you could keep the camera off, you could keep it on. You know, it's just really to help you.
0: You can't understate the impact of talking to another physician, right? So, you know, I remember before I started coaching, having, just like you were saying, all of these kind of thoughts about what my career in medicine looked like, what it should look like, and what my personal career looked like. And I got into a coaching experience where I got to hear other physicians talk about their experiences, and they looked just like mine. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I felt normal, right? Because you put all this judgment on yourself, you, you know, you're kind of, in it by yourself and you don't really see everybody else going through things, you know, and and their experiences. And there is just something about being able to talk to another doctor who has had similar experiences, we've all been through, you know, medical school and residency and all of our training programs and the individual experiences may be different, but the summation of those experiences tends to be very similar. And there's just something about talking to another doctor about what we've been through that just that process in and of itself provides so much healing. And at least that's what it was for me. And it sounds like that's what it was for you too.
2: Yeah. Normalize the experience. I mean, just like lifting that weight on your shoulders, like letting it go and just realizing we're all human and we all have these similar things. And, you sort of take away the superhero cape and the perfectionism cape that we're all have everything together and everything's perfect. And it really isn't. And, you know, one thing is, you know, probably social media. And what you put out there, the other thing is real life. When we all have struggles, we all have challenges. We all, you know, have illness or death or, you know, kids, there's so much stuff that we have and it's just nice to be like, Oh, you too, you, you know, somebody was rude to you too. Like, you know, we can all relate and have that Compassion, that empathy for each
1: other. And I just want to like add to that too that we tend to, yes, we all have had the struggles, but we don't also want to compare to each other because what might be painful for me may not be painful for you. And I don't want to compare my level of maybe challenges or traumas that I've had in the past that, or maybe say, you know, it's not, I don't have anything, any real issues compared to these other people. They've had some real traumas. Each person has their own pain points. Each person has things that are painful for them. And I think that's what's important with coaching is just recognizing that we want to address that. We want to make sure that we're helping people feel comfortable speaking about whatever they have coming up for them, even if they might, when comparing somebody else, think it's no big deal. It really is. If it's impacting you in a negative way, it's a big deal. And that's something that, that you want to be able to talk about. So Diana, tell me a little bit about, I guess, if you had to Talk about what is some of your favorite things to to coach on. What would you pick for your areas of specialty that you love to really, really work on with your clients?
2: Yeah, I think boundaries are huge. I think in medicine we have a challenge with boundaries. And it's kind of fun for me to do it because you know, it's like something that people sometimes never thought of, like just saying no, you know, or no, thank you. Or no, but you know, like how to frame it first is getting the fear out of saying no. I think that's the first step of just actually saying the word and practicing, and then just coming, you know, sort of with scripts of how to actually in real life and you know, in your job or you know, in your office, wherever, how to say things, you know, so that you can get to that goal that you want, but still saying no and putting your needs first. I think that's you know, one of my favorite things to sort of talk about, and I. I mean, which is just coaching, just kind of poking holes in the beliefs, like really, why, you know, like, why do you think that? And just kind of going a little bit deeper of, you know, why people are stuck in that certain thought and really diving a little bit deeper and getting to that at some point that aha moment, like, oh, you know, like, why did I really anchor my whole belief in that? But yeah, I think for me, boundaries are the most interesting. And I think where we kind of can get the most value because By starting with boundaries, you really are protecting yourself, your energy, you know, and then that way you're not depleted because you're saying yes to everything. And we tend many people in medicine to sort of be the people pleasers or like afraid to say no. We live in like the fear, fear, fear and sort of shifting, like get out of the fear based decision making and start with like love based decision making when you like have love for yourself to then say no that's a good shift. And to me, that's the fun part of, of coaching in that respect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. The boundaries are very important, I would say. And if you had some final tips or any advice that you'd want to give, what's your take home from today's episode in terms of coaching and just building awareness?
2: Yeah. I think awareness is the first step realizing you know, burnout can manifest in so many different ways and it's not one cookie cutter way. But if you're starting to feel things, like really just pay attention to the feeling, hopefully, it'll lead you to like what's going on and be curious and realize many of us are going through things. So, you know, it's also the solution may not be, you know, the same for everybody. And maybe it's therapy, maybe it's coaching, maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's taking time off, maybe, you know, it's many different things. And, It has to be right for you, you know, because somebody else is doing it a different way. Well, that works for them. So realize you're unique. Listen to what feels right for you. And, you know, then just really try to take care of yourself by putting those boundaries, you know, saying no so you can say yes to yourself and realize you're worthy of, you know, care and support and really think about it from a love place and not from I'm afraid because that won't get you to a better place if you're always in fear.
0: I love all of that so much. I mean, just, you know, the focusing on being curious, right? And allowing yourself not to kind of judge yourself for how you're feeling, right? Like, why should I be feeling this way? You know, I'm trained to do this. I should just be able to carry on. But instead of, of sitting in that, allowing yourself to be curious, why am I feeling this way? What's going on for me? And doing it from a place of love, just like you just said. I think that's so important. That's incredible. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no pass too. I mean, sometimes you know, you just are in a funk, and you're like, I'm in a funk, and it's gonna pass. And stop judging, like, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm in a funk. Well, you're just in a funk. You need time. You just, you know, think something's going on. You know, let it pass too. The happiness is, you know, two points between two points of sadness, so it's gonna come and go. Just allow it, and you know, don't be so judgy, like you said, with yourself when that's happening. And yeah, just be curious and you know, try to figure out why you're feeling that.
0: This has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Dr. Londonio. why don't you tell everybody how they can find you, physician coach support, all the things.
2: So you can go to www.physiciancoachsupport.com. It's, you know, free confidential platform via Zoom. You can make an appointment seven days a week. So if you're a physician or no physician that could benefit, go there. There's also many resources of other platforms that are for support for physicians. So if one doesn't fit, you know, use another. We're there for really helping you find the one that helps you. And you can just find me on any social media platform too, Diana MD. The, you know, Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram. And just my website, dianalondonomdsweb.com. You can find out more there. And yeah, just reach out to us. We really, you know, love what we do and we want to support you.
0: Absolutely. And I want another plug for following you on social media, because you're always so energetic and fun and lively and dancing and all the things. And so it's great, you get to learn a lot, but you have so much fun, you know, kind of introducing people to these ideas. And so I want to encourage people to go and find you and learn all the things.
2: Thank you so much. And thank you guys for doing this. I'm so excited for your podcast. It's going to be so much value for for so many. So thank you guys for doing it
0: thank you thank
1: you for coming today
0: all right thanks so much you have a great rest of the day bye bye
1: hi everyone my fall group coaching cohort is starting up soon and this is your last chance to sign up before the doors close for this round if you've been on the fence i encourage you to pay attention to all of the excuses your brain may be making such as not having the time the money or that it just won't work for you You get to be in charge and decide what you want to create for yourself in your life. We all have just this one precious life to live, and we all want for our lives to be intentional, joyful, and authentic. So why not consider making a change for yourself now that will empower you to be your best self? Click on the link in the show notes to register before the doors close for the cohort starting this month. I can't wait to be your guide and start this journey of transformation with you. See you guys there.
0: If you enjoyed our show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Share us with a friend or colleague who could also benefit and enjoy our discussions. If you really liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and a review. Positive reviews help us to get this show in front of other doctors who need to hear it.
1: And if you want to learn more about our coaching programs and course offerings, check out the links in the show notes to our websites and social media. From there, feel free to reach out to learn more about investing in yourself through one-to-one coaching so you can start living deliberately.
0: To learn more about Dr. Arpita Gupta De Palma and her coaching programs, check out her website at www.thoughtworkmd.com.
1: And if you want to know more about Dr. Michael Hirsch, check out his website at www.betterphysicianlife.com. Thanks so much for listening in.
0: This show is for general educational and entertainment purposes only. Life coaching is not a substitute for therapy or medical treatment.